Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we provide the internet with the internet news that they demand. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. Seamless. Uh, yeah. Friday format. I wonder how well our audience will be able to pick up the nanosecond of panic that happened to my brain when I realized that we were mixing things up a little bit and I needed to say something different. Yeah, I'm always mixed up. Yeah, you don't know what to you're, do. You're a real Fraser Crane. Is that yeah. what that show's about? Toss salad. He's, to- he's like a tossed salad and scrambled eggs. Oh, I was doing. Uh, oh, who's that? What? Some forty-one. All mixed up. Sizzling, sizzling audio we've got here. <laughs> <laughs> what a great start. Sorry, there's a really loud uh, lawnmower outside. It's uh, throwing me off. Oh, okay. sure, yeah. Blame it tis all on the poor, lawnmower. Tis man. a poor artisan that blames his lawnmower. <laughs> That's next, what the next thing, man was about. Next thing you're going to tell me that you're getting sucked into the internet and becoming a digital mm, computer there you go. guy. Synergy. Did you guys read The Lawnmower Man? No. I isn't didn't. it a bunch of pervert stuff? Yeah, I heard it's about just a uh, lawnmower guy who gets brain infected by a computer and becomes a robot. It's basically the exact thing that people are trying to do to humans now, which is that they put a chip in this guy's brain to make it so that he was constantly experiencing the level of of uh dopamine that you get during an orgasm uh-huh. so he Pervert was like stuff. oh i got that and it like drove him insane and he started murdering people and he, he figured out how to use that computer chip that was in his brain to like connect to the cyberspace in some way <laughs> It shows a very bad understanding of how microchips work, but also, it's pretty weird that we're actually trying to do that now, huh? I mean, it's a Stephen King story from, like, 1983 or something, right? Is it Stephen King? I think so. Yeah, huh. that's why I was thinking it was a pervert story. Yeah, the yeah movie... I mean, and it is. It is a pervert story, 100%. <laughs> the movie is, like, a very loose adaptation. <laughs> Stephen King seems like a pretty cool guy, but... Oh boy, 1975. Short oh. story. So, yeah, before uh, anyone knew what a computer was. <laughs> like, is he okay? <laughs> I uh, think he is now, is the thing. Yeah, I think that he has lived a uh, long and troubled life, but, like, in probably the last 30 years has spent a lot of his artistic energy reflecting on what it means to have been uh an alcoholic uh a cocaine addict a um creator of vicious dogs uh, yeah like and, and nightmare clowns <laughs> someone Guy who wants like, to fuck a car exactly yeah. <laughs> someone who doesn't remember writing some of his like most famous artistic output and like was not a particularly good dad all of the time, and not a particularly good husband all the time, but I, I feel like he, as a person, an artist, has reckoned with that, for the most part, mm. in a way that is uh, interesting, uh, to say the least. Yeah, I true. think that I think that um, the only way that I could enjoy a piece of art that I created was if I could somehow erase my memory of having created it. <laughs> Uh, this like is like the time. basis for a Stephen King story. Like, oh, Ooh. this is amazing. Now you can see your own work as if it wasn't yours. Isn't that wonderful? But it turns out something terrible. This is just going a on. Black Mirror episode. This isn't even up to the level <laughs> of Stephen King. It would have to be like 
you can see your art that you made and you don't even know that you made it and it's all nude pictures of yourself and you get aroused by it for reasons you can't understand. No, that's, that cr- that's Stephen cr- King. You're doing story. Cronenberg. Oh, God, I went too far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stephen King actually sued to have his name removed from the Lawnmower Man movie because it was so different from his story. Oh, man. I don't think I saw the movie. I think I just read the book. Oh, interesting. The movie, I think, <laughs> I has a more cultural uh, cachet than the, the story does. I do feel kind of bad for Stephen King that he came up as a successful, best-selling author in a time when movie makers were like, we're going to take this book and fucking chop and screw it as much as we want to make cinema. And, like, all his stories got turned into something he didn't want. I Yeah, I it get... kind of... Go ahead. It kind of makes you feel like, even though the internet chuds that are like, oh, this doesn't match the original book version, so it's bad, (laughs) are usually wrong, it does make you feel like they are like a backlash against that other thing that was also very bad. Yeah. (laughs) I was just like, this this book is in all the uh, bookstores, Uh, it's top of the book selling charts, so we'll just name some characters these names and make our own movie. Yeah, I I enjoy Stanley Kubrick's film The Shining. I don't think yeah. Stanley Kubrick is a particularly good man, and I think he's a lot stupider than people give him credit for. <laughs> yes. uh, mostly typified by the fact that he hired someone to write a soundtrack for 2001 and then liked the stock music he used as filler so much that that just became the actual soundtrack. Oh, man. What a dope, but, what a dope, think, but, but I like... I think for The Shining, he had a vision, too, on the same theme, and yeah. that's what made it work. I get why Stephen King doesn't like the movie yeah. adaptation, because he's Jack Torrance. <laughs> he wrote that story as, like, an autobiography of his addiction, and the movie is just... You don't get any of Jack's descent into madness, it seems like he is a willing participant in becoming an axe-wielding lunatic. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's a good movie, but I totally get why Stephen King doesn't like it. Um, it might be that this is what Stephen King needed to see, though, to realize that he is a willing participant in his substance abuse, and he has the ability to reject it, you know? Maybe. I was interested, I, I read Doctor Sleep uh, before seeing the movie, and it's a sequel to The Shining about grown-up Danny Torrance, and was like, mm-hmm. oh, interesting, he uh, he made himself Danny Torrance also, <laughs> after having mm-hmm. been Jack in the previous one, now he's Danny, the, like, in recovery, deeply ashamed person trying to reckon with his, like, uh, his past as a victim and perpetrator of various abuses. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's 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 fast like it's fascinating very... to see someone like write stories that are deeply personal for 50 years. Yeah. I feel like it's similar to the way that I feel about Stephen King movie. No, not Stephen King. Holy cow. Stephen that Spielberg. Would be wild. <laughs> Stephen Spielberg, yes. The fact that he like continually makes movies where he is a self-insert and it's always the, like, young, scrappy person who's got great ideas and is, like, figuring out how to tell their story in the right way, even though he is the most famous and successful film director of all time. Yeah. Like, this isn't you anymore, Steven. You can't keep thinking that it is. It's not allowed. Yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from, but I also think somehow he has the gift of making 
people who are in that scrappy unknown uh, mindset like identify with his movies even now, like each time he's able yeah. to tap into something there, I guess. Yeah, I saw the Fablemans and was like, maybe I could go get a millimeter <laughs> camera and like a film cutting machine. Mm-hmm. Why you have a phone? <laughs> I know, but like the the like slowness and contemplativeness and like meticulousness of actually shooting on film and cutting it was portrayed really like it made he made it seem really appealing in that movie uh weirdly his most personal movie and also one that highlights the fact that he can't uh be an active participant in his life unless it is through the lens of uh of film which is uh profound and sad and perhaps the first time i've gotten a sense of steven spielberg as an actual person from his movies Hmm. Hmm. well we know from um uh temple of doom that he's extremely divorced (laughs) although (laughs) i guess he got over that because now he's been with kate capshaw for how many decades yeah yeah i think all of those guys were extremely divorced eventually i feel like there's a ton of people who married when they were scrappy up-and-comers with somebody who was, like, emotionally supportive and good for them, and then once they became very rich and famous, were like, well, I don't need that anymore, fuck you, and then they went and married somebody 30 years younger than them, who looked good on magazine covers. There's so many people I've noticed who've joined the cast of SNL, and they were already married, they're young, they're like 24 or whatever, but they have already been married for a couple years. And then at some point they just divorce that person that they were with for a decade and they just uh, marry some starlet instead. Yeah. It's depressing. Yeah. Are we as a society overvalidating Pete Davidson? Yes. Um, okay. I don't think we are anymore. I think we I were. I keep on seeing commercials for Taco Bell with him on them. <laughs> That's exactly the level of fame he should be at, though. But here's the thing. The premise of the commercials is hey i'm pete davidson isn't it stupid that i'm in a taco bell commercial and i'm like no it's not pete (laughs) this is this is you top to bottom this is you i'm annoyed he's fallen to that niche of it was like he was a moderately funny snl cast member yeah here's a funny young guy sure then he started dating famous women, and it's like, oh, wow, he, he must have some quality that we don't understand yet. And now mm-hmm. I feel like he's reached, well, you know, people say that, sure. But now it's reached the level where it's like, he's, ex- everyone's like, he's a dirtbag. But, you know, he's really got some good qualities, too. Why do we think yeah. he has good qualities? <laughs> I don't he's think- the Johnny Depp of his generation. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that he uh, has done like, any genuinely, uns- or, like, been accused, that he might have done. I don't think he's been accused of any genuinely unsavory things. Yeah, like, is that where the bar is? But we, <laughs> but we like someone who's got kind of a, like, a, like, slacker vibe, but isn't a yeah. snowbag. your use of the word we is very interesting <laughs> in that sentence, because I hate that That's, you so may, much. You may hate it, but culturally it has a lot of, yeah. uh, a lot yeah. of traction. I don't like I that still... he seems to be America's beloved nephew somehow, so even though he like shows up at every uh, Christmas dinner without having taken a shower and kind of drunk, everyone's like, oh, but we love him, though. Exactly. That's part of what's fun about it. Like He hasn't, always... he hasn't hurt anyone, but he also hasn't washed that hoodie in five years. I always think of the Elliot Kalen uh, thing that he says, he's said a few times that rings so true to me. 
which is, and it, you know, he said it about film, but it's true of cultural icons as well. So many people try to sell us on loving a character who is kind of bungling and stupid, but things all work out for them in the end. Mm -hmm. And that just fills me with a seething resentment because I, a real human, had to work hard for everything and everything is still very difficult. So watching somebody be like, oh, I'm stupid and stinky, but I guess I'm rich and like every model on earth wants to have sex with me. I hate that guy. Yeah. (laughs) I don't like that guy. Why would I like that guy? I do. I'm reading his controversy pages on Wikipedia, and it's kind of making me like Uh-oh. him more. <laughs> oh God! He called that Republican guy Dan Crenshaw. He said he looked like a hitman in a porno movie. <laughs> and I mean, that's just true. His apology oh, after was, "I'm sorry. I know he lost his eye in war or whatever." <laughs> and like yeah. they Don't made him, like Pete Davidson. they made him apologize for that. But it is that's a pretty funny joke. <laughs> The uh, apology is a better burn than the original burn. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then he criticized the uh, the Catholic Church in regards to their treatment of children, uh, which mm-hmm. was nice. And it doesn't seem like he apologized for that one at all, which is cool. We have to get out of where whatever this is. <laughs> whatever uh, we're doing now, we can't keep doing it. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, I, I like him, and he's God, he's been in four movies this year. That's too many. Oh my God. That's too many. Jeff, yeah. I'm begging you to stop telling me about the Wikipedia page of J- Pete Davidson. Okay, then you tell Please. me about what you did this week, Matt. Burn. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I've got two things because one of them is kind of just the same thing that Jeff said last week, which is I went to see the movie The Flash, mm-hmm. uh, and it was very good. No. It was fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you had to get it for a second. It was much better than I thought it was going to be, though. So it had that thing where it tricked me into thinking it was good, and then afterwards yeah. I was like, it was just fine, but I thought it was going to be terrible. I did like that Warner Brothers let uh, Batman say in a movie, I could sure help a lot, uh, could help a lot of people more and end crime forever if I used my money instead of beating people up. Yes, I liked in the trailers, they had uh, a trailer for Blue Beetle, and there's a part where Blue Beetle's like, oh man, I could be like Batman, and then his uncle says, don't be like Batman, Batman's a fascist. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was yeah. like, this is a DC movie, I love this! Yeah, I, I like that they're at that era of like, there's the executives are too busy fighting over whatever's happening with Discovery and Max. Uh, yeah. to pay attention to what's going into the superhero movies, so they kind of get a little a little bit of a free pass. I think that Blue Beetle movie might actually be good. Yeah, that one looks good. Yeah. But anyway, um, I really liked The Flash had more of a sense of humor than DC movies have had in the past. Yeah, it's almost uh, explicitly a comedy. <clears throat> yes, so there were a lot of stuff, there was a lot of stuff in there that I've wanted to have in a depiction of the flash it for a long time they kind of do this in the tv show where they go over the physics-based rules of his powers um but they went into a deeper dive in this movie than i thought they would uh which i really liked because i think a lot of people when they see the flash they're like oh well he's so fast he can do anything and the fact that he has to explain to a younger version of himself spoilers um how the all of the like the reason why he can't just run in and save people from things i think 
is really helpful to people to understand why he's not a Mary Sue. I know that's a, ch- a charged term. A, a uh, I, I don't know, all-powerful deus ex machina character. Yeah. <clears throat> so that I really liked. I really liked that they had Michael Keaton saying, you want to get nuts, then let's get nuts. <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah. You can't just it was say great. You nostalgia for that line. Oh, it was so good, though. <laughs> it was... <laughs> I wanted to stand up in the theater and clap. <laughs> I think I managed to be uh, on one of my bathroom trips during that delivery of that line, but it's in the trailer, oh, no. so I don't feel bad. Oh, that's the best part of the whole movie, <laughs> yeah, though. Yeah, but I don't like the Batman movies. They also had <laughs> they also had Michael Keaton dressed up as the Big Lebowski for a while, which is very oh, good. Oh, yeah, that's fun. When they go meet him <laughs> and he's, like, doing karate in his pajamas. Yeah. They had, so I'm going to talk for a few, Louisa, you don't mind if I spoil some stuff from this movie, do you? I don't mind. I'm, will the audience I'm, mind, as I always Well, that's ask. what I was going to say. First of all, I'm not going to spoil any big, major plot stuff, so <laughs> that's fine. Um, and second of all, if you don't want anything at all spoiled for you, skip ahead like two minutes. Um, I really liked that, now I've forgotten what I was going to say, holy shit, oh no. <laughs> Uh, Batman. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. I was, I wanted it to be, so, Jeff, you know this, Louisa, you may not, but this is based roughly, loosely on the Flashpoint comic uh, series. Okay. And in that, he travels back in time to save his mom's life, comes back to the future, and realizes he's in a world where most of the superheroes he knows are either not around or are villains instead. Okay. And he goes to find Batman because he's like, no matter what, Batman is going to be good for sure. And he does. And he's like, oh, hey, Bruce, like, let's hang out <clears throat> and fix all these problems. And getting choked and, up by the emotions yeah. of the Batman. <laughs> and Batman. Batman goes, and Batman says, how do you know that name? <laughs> no, stop, Jeff, stop. You're ruining the thing I'm trying to say. I know, I put, because the, it's... <laughs> anyway... Uh, and then Batman's like, uh, yeah, sure, I, let's talk about it. And, like, they spend, a, like, three quarters of an issue talking about it as if Batman is Bruce. And at the end of that, you find out that actually the Batman in this universe is Thomas Wayne, Bruce's dad. And in the alley, the two people that got shot were Bruce and Martha instead of Bruce and Thomas. Martha so, and Thomas. Ooh, can you imagine if Martha oh, became yes. Batman? <laughs> oh, Martha that, Batman. Now that I would watch a movie of. But anyway, in this version, they were like, oh, Batman's really older than he was now that the timeline has changed. And they're like, yeah, that's because when you change time, the timelines don't align the same way or whatever, which is fine. But I thought for sure that they were setting up that Michael Keaton was pretending to be Bruce, but he was actually Bruce's dad. There's a scene where he's, like, looking at a picture of the three of them, and he reaches out and touches the boy's face for a moment in the picture. And I was like, fuck yeah, this is going to be so good when they reveal it. And they never do, but it could still be true. Because in the comic, he pretends to be Bruce for a while because he's Batman, so he doesn't want to reveal any information until he has to. I could see them just... That could be like a thing that you can take away as your own personal belief. To That's me, cool. to me, if they were gonna do that, they would have cast Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who played Thomas Wayne in the other versions of this Batman universe. You're really telling me 
you're really telling me that if you could get Michael Keaton to play Thomas Wayne, you would go with Jeffrey Dean Morgan instead? I'm saying if I could get Michael Keaton, I would forget about any Thomas Wayne nonsense and just have him be Batman again. <laughs> he was Batman! Thomas Wayne Batman! Hold on. So, in this idea where he's traveled back in time and he finds the wrong Wayne being Batman, is it a different time or is it the difference between, you know, a billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne at, I don't know, 35? But in this world, it's the same time that Bruce would have been 35, but he's dead. And now his 60-year-old father is... Yes, it's that. Yes, exactly. And so, what? and so part of it is that Batman has already retired by the time he gets there, okay. and he has to convince him to come out of retirement kind of thing. All right, that's pretty <laughs> good. That's better than I gave it credit for. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, it's very good. It's uh, the comic is extremely good. I uh, I have problems with Flashpoint's place in the like overall DC universe. Standalone, mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, yeah. The reason I dislike it partly is one: did we need another orphan origin story for a superhero? Like that is just the Flash's origin now. Is that his mom got murdered? Uh, yeah, like forever. It wasn't until twenty eleven even a consideration. Um, and then the, whatchacallit, oh, the New 52 stuff, like, the rebooting of the universe afterward also sucked. Yeah, that part was not great, but Flashpoint itself was good, and I I like a comic, I like a comic that correctly places the Flash as sort of the axis on which the entire universe turns, because he can travel through time and no one else can. I I mean, I guess. Superman did that one time. Dr. Tomaro and uh, <laughs> whatever that guy's name is, the the one that was played by uh, Rory from Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. Is that uh, his name? Arthur Darville. Rex Manning. What is the... <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's character. Booster Gold's dad? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, that guy. You think Booster Gold's going to be in this Blue Beetle movie? Good question. I don't know if Ted Cord will be, but his suit is in the trailer. Yeah, Ted Cord might be, but... I think I want, I want Booster Gold to be Mr. a cameo. Gold. Oh, good question. Okay. Um, first thought, best thought, Owen Wilson. Um, okay. I was I, imagining uh, uh, a uh, oh Zac Efron. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I, I like that. It. I don't know if he has the comedic chops. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, I I think it all depends on who is playing Ted Cord. Because they have to be mm. best buddies who are uh, no, who no, play no, off no. Each other gonna, I'm saying he's going to be best buddies with Jaime Reyes in the new Blue, Blue Beetle. Yeah. I think my theory is that Sigourney Weaver's character from the trailer is uh, evil, an evil version of the Ted Cord. Is Sigourney character. Weaver in it too? I think that's who it was. Susan Sarandon is the villain. Oh, Susan Sarandon. That is. Curly-haired older women yeah, in Hollywood. Curly-haired <laughs> woman who was famous in the 80s. I got confused. Yeah. I mean, listen, if the villains in this movie were Susan Sarandon and Sigourney Weaver, oh, I would man. lose my mind. That would be such a good movie. <laughs> what if they were crazy. Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis together again? Mm-hmm. Oh, she is. And they, they were playing the same character and they switched <laughs> off each scene. I was, <laughs> was exactly playing. correct. She is playing Evil Ted Cord. She's Victoria Cord. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Sweet. Love that. Yeah. I think that's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, the other thing that I did this week is that I played the I, the game that was recommended to me by our friend Chris, Dredge, uh, is on sale on, on Steam right now, and it's 
so good, you guys. You should definitely play it. This is the Lovecraft one? <laughs> yeah, so you play a fisherman who was hired by a like a small island village to be their local fisherman to come and catch food for them. Um, but the village is very weird, and you catch fish, and some of them are tainted with unknowable horrors Mm -hmm. and some people in the village really don't like that and some people really do like that and that's not good (laughs) um but a a lot of the game is just catching fish and tetrising them together into your holds so that they (laughs) fit as many as possible and then selling them to buy upgrades for your boat so that you can catch more fish and you know i love that yeah that does sound like your type of thing eldritch horror but also uh inventory management Exactly. Yes, exactly. And I was hoping to get that out of Diablo 4, mm-hmm. because that's always been a Diablo thing as well. But in Diablo 4, they made all of the things in your inventory the same size. Boo. Boo. That's no fun. Well, you're just going to have to play the Resident Evil 4 remake. Yeah. Get the I ideal make... inventory management and uh, Eldritch Horror. Yeah, that might be one that I want to visit around Halloween time. But for now... Dredge is very good, and I recommend it. It's also got a cool visual style. Um, Jeff, I think you would like it especially. You like that kind of stuff, too, I think. Yeah, I keep looking at the uh, the sale page, like, hmm, do I want to... This looks like maybe I want to play this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I gotta, I'm gotta. i not going to buy new games until after I am 100% sure I am done with Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> you might never be done with it. Yeah. Turns out that when you when you finally beat um you know Ganondorf whoever the the final boss is going to be Vati or whatever it starts <laughs> the game over again yeah it's a it's a time it's loop. a circle yep uh, that explains the logo being an Ouroboros mm-hmm. wouldn't it be rad if Vati was the main the end villain instead of Ganondorf no that would suck no it'd be cool it'd be really cool <laughs> I want it to be Aghanim <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, uh, what what about those two Demise? Witches? Do we care about Demise? Nobody cares about Demise. I mean, yeah. Demi- Demise, just Demise like just bad. became Ganondorf, yeah, right? Like, isn't much. that kind of what we get out of this? He's the demon that gives <clears throat> Ganondorf his demonic powers, basically. Yeah. Isn't it like, at the end of Skyward Sword, Demise is effectively killed, and so he's like, I'm gonna give my power to a mortal, and that mortal is Ganondorf, who's gonna be resurrected forever to, to torment you? It's more like yeah. he, he curses uh, Link and Zelda to be constantly reborn and promises that uh, his hatred will, like, survive in the same way. So it's not like he explicitly touches the forehead of a baby Ganondorf or anything, but mm. the implication is that Ganondorf is also a red-headed, thick-daddy demon man, because <laughs> like, like Demise, not because he's the same guy, but because... He wants devil powers, and that's the devil that will give him powers. Okay. Do you do you think they will ever do a game set in the Zelda universe where Link is not the main character, or Zelda? I mean, they've already done plenty where Zelda's not in the game. What about yes. Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land? No. Stop that. <laughs> that takes place, I, I think, in the d- real world, actually. Damn it! <laughs> no, don't I let him would... in the real world. He's been contained in Hyrule. Oh, we can't God. have this. He's been contained like, in Pennywise. The fact that he got out to Hyrule is a problem. <laughs> um, God, it's great. I want them to do a game that is about 
exploring why the Gerudo only have one male child every thousand years from the point years, of view of yes. the Gerudo. Gerudo. Yeah, that is that. <laughs> that game is uh, Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> last time they <laughs> last time they let a man be in Gerudo Town, it was Ganondorf, and he messed everything up. <laughs> but no, 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 no. Born to, not yeah. just allowed in. Yeah, he, they they can't have a new one be born because he's still technically alive. Is the theory uh, right? Yeah, but that my makes point sense. is, even back in Ocarina of Time days, only one male child is born oh, yeah. every hundred years to a Gerudo woman. Why? What, like, what's that about? They're like reverse bees. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I took that as the impl- I I took the implication of Tears of the Kingdom to be that, uh, like providing a reason. And backfilling that, like, oh yeah, uh, the reason why the Gerudo are so wa- wary of men is because they had a king a gazillion years ago, and it was the first Ganondorf. Yes, but Jeff, you have to stop answering questions that I didn't ask. I'm not saying why are they wary of men, I'm saying why are they biologically incapable of giving birth to men, and that is not a sociological question, that is a magical question. Yeah, I don't know, they probably they cursed themselves so they wouldn't have more Ganondorfs. Jeff, stop <laughs> hand-waving away the thing that I'm interested in! Uh, I really like the um, uh, personification of Ganondorf in this here game. I haven't finished the whole game yet, so I don't know how it turns out, but I like how they have him yeah. so far, where he's so clearly evil the entire time oh, yeah, when he's, he's being nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it reminds good. me of that one scene in Ocarina of Time when he's, like, pledging fealty to the king, and then he looks over at you watching through the window, like, <laughs> you know. You know what kind of a dirty fuck I am. I, uh... uh he kind of does that to Zelda in this game in one of the cutscenes. Yes, yeah. that's true. I love that That's she's gotta like, be a reference. I don't know, something about him, even his name, Ganondorf. Like, yeah, dude, you spent a hundred years locking a big snake called Ganon. It's like, just adding dwarf to it doesn't make it a different guy. <laughs> it's funny that I've been playing this game while I've been doing um, Dracula daily, which is because Dracula is in the public domain. Um, people will email you uh, the chapters of Dracula that happen on the date that you're getting the chapter emailed to you. And oh, that's fun. The whole beginning of that is Jonathan Harker being like, God, this guy is so clearly evil, but... Is he? I can't be sure. And doing that at the same time as playing this game, <laughs> the parallels are amazing. The, the, the whole time Zelda's like, he kind of seems like this other guy. Like, of course, of course he does. Of course he's evil. Everyone knows. He's so he's so that there's e- some... he's so evil that he generated a purple smoke monster for you to fight. <laughs> I do think that there's some like if you traveled. A hundred thousand years into the past and met someone, you wouldn't be like, hey, that's that same guy I know from a hundred thousand yeah. years from now. You'd be like, everyone from now is obviously long dead by the time I was born. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's years. the only thing. But she knows about magic. She, You think she would at least be like, I wonder if he could be an ancestor of the Ganon that I had to fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I would definitely, like, if I personally fought, like, Dave Satan, and then went back in time and met a guy named Satan. I'd be like, "That's the Satan. They they have to be related." I fought. I fought so, a Satan in my time, and this one looks like that and has the same name. Jeff, every time that you meet a guy named Stan, do you try to exercise him just in case? Yeah, just in case. Well, you're not <laughs> meeting someone named like Ganon. 
I mean, you kind of are. <laughs> I it's, guess I got it backwards. Not the it's, same name. You fought. You fought in your time, Satan, and then went back in time and met Dave Satan. <laughs> you're like, let me kill this guy just in case. You're like, uh, very suspicious. How much you look like. A guy with We've a very similar name. We talked about this literally last week, but even if she was 100% sure, she sh- she couldn't just be like, so let's do a war, let's do a genocide on these people. I'm pretty sure it's that guy, so let's genocide him just to be sure. <sighs> I don't know. I, it's very good. It's good, good. Yeah, it's a perfect game. <laughs> no <Yeah>. flaws. <laughs> anyway, uh, Louisa, what did you do this week? I played a lot of Zelda. I'm not going to talk about that, though. Course. Yep. Um, I've been working more on my miniatures. Mm-hmm. I've been really into making bricks out of cork, which is super exciting for me and probably not uh, you or the listener, but correct. it's so satisfying. It's very, very thin cork sheets, which you can buy online, and they have like a um, glue backing. And cutting them into tiny bricks and arranging those tiny bricks on a wall and then putting in tiny little grout and painting those bricks red... Oh my god, it's so good. It's so satisfying. Can't you just get a stamp that you could, like, stamp bricks onto <laughs> a wall with? Yeah, but then you wouldn't get the texture. You want you want the texture of real brick, don't you? You do. I yeah, don't. I sure care. do. Mm, yeah, I do no, want it. I definitely want, would want the texture of real brick if I cared about doing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's just very satisfying to... I've said before, work on a small scale because you have such utter control, like... Doing something for five minutes can completely change the entire look of the entire piece. So, Louisa, I'm now. This is. I'm not saying this to insult you, but mm, are you heading like down? This. Are you heading down the path to becoming stupid. a serial killer? Yes. Okay. Okay. Then I'll well, be famous. <laughs> then you'll show them. You'll show all of them. Yeah. 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 That's right. <laughs> uh, I do get. I mean, I get why lazy... <laughs> I do understand that, why serial killers <laughs> do what they do, yes. The opposite. I get why lazy screenwriting says someone who wants total control would be a serial killer. But mm. it's nice to make nice things, I find. The thing that I like <laughs> is making a little room and being like, I wish I could go and sit in this little room. Mm. That's the first step to becoming a homesteader. Do you, Yeah, I was going to say, couldn't you just use those as a template to make your house that way? If I had a house, that sure would be great. (laughs) Someone buy me a house. Crowdfund me a house, and I promise I will make it as good as I would make a miniature. That is my promise to you. Can you cut bigger cork panels and glue them to the (laughs) wall of where you are now? (laughs) And make my own um, uh, stand-up comedy uh, spotlight in front of a brick wall? (laughs) Exactly. Hey, have you heard about this? (laughs) You guys guys heard about what's going on? (laughs) Yep. Oh, man. I feel like we all know this feeling, though, of, like, really giving it your all to some creative thing and being like, I'm really, really going to try. And it, it can be mm. very satisfying. Of course, it's very frustrating if things start to go wrong. But yes, uh, it gives you enough back that you keep going. Mm, that's good stuff. It's nice when you can do it. I think the thing that would appeal to me about miniatures, I don't know if this is true for you, but I like to do that stuff, but I hate having to start doing it knowing that I will probably make a mistake and not realize it until it's too late and have ruined a lot of materials that I was using. 
Um, yeah. And with miniatures, at least there's less materials you're using. That's very true. What's super weird is if you look on YouTube for people making things <clears throat> for miniatures, you have two camps. You have mostly women who are like, here's how you can make a book nook or a dollhouse or whatever. I'm doing the Adams family, whatever. And they're like, you can use cereal boxes and you can pick up rocks outside on the ground and you can get glue at the dollar store. And then you have the guys who do all the like Warhammer stuff. And they're all like, well, you're going to need to buy this $40 pack of moss specifically from the Warhammer people. And you're going to need this special paint, which is like $10 a tube. And that that kind of drives me crazy because it's the same shit. It's the same acrylic paint. It's the same moss from the dollar store. It's the yeah, same stuff. But you need to yeah, not but- get caught by the Warhammer 40k judges cheating by <laughs> yeah. getting the cheaper moss. Oh, Louisa, you've forgotten that in the world of Warhammer 40k, there is only war. There is no paint, just war. Yeah, so what's okay. in those tubes? War. Oh, okay. It's color war. war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, is Warhammer just color war? Like a summer camp? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> kind of is, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't think you throw paint on each other's miniatures, though. I think that would be bad. Yeah. That'd be fun, though. They always get into trouble, those guys. I, f- I don't know much about it, but oh, I feel like when... Into trouble. Well, with not this kind of trouble. I feel like they get into trouble when they try to make backstories for why the armies are at war, and they're always skirting into some weird racism, where you just need to say they're at war and then make some figures. That's all. Don't try to give them backstories. I will, I will say most of the 40k lore that I know, like, yes, you're right, there is a history of some of that racist shit, but most of the story of it now is extremely anti-catholicism and that i'm into that's pretty good they had a like all of the bad guy armies are like and this pope led a holy war against other people and resurrected zombies in order to fight the war for him and you're like yeah this guy's a piece of shit (laughs) i um i had a uh i had warhammer had a problem in like the (laughs) 90s where they introduced a new faction that were Similar to how the the Terran Empire, the humans or whatever, they're they're you know theocratic space fascists mm-hmm. um, explicitly. Like it's not it's not a an endorsement metaphor. of that or a metaphor. They are like we all praise our uh, our undead emperor who's hooked up to this computer, and we wage holy war against all of the like unclean aliens of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and. They introduced uh, another playable faction who were essentially space communists, and the fans got mad that they were portrayed too positively. Yeah, so that's a problem. They had to give them a, like more drawbacks. Yeah, the fans will ruin everything, even yeah. if uh, the company tries not to. <laughs> I mean, there are people who like look at Warhammer and they see like. Oh, the ludicrous fascism, and are like, yes, I like that genuinely on its face, instead of being like, I understand satire. (laughs) Oh, man, yeah. Anyway, the good kind of model building is using dirt that you find outside on the ground. (laughs) That's that's my thesis. Jeff, what did you do this week? Oh, boy. What did I do this week? I feel like I did nothing but work, work, work. Did you see any new movies like (sighs) you like? I I was going to go see a movie on Monday, but then I cancelled it because I was sleepy. Um, yeah, Have I don't you know. dreams while you're sleeping? Uh, <laughs> no, all bad. 
Uh, I had a dream where I got stabbed in the chest and it felt like my lung popped. And just oh my god. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't like painful or gruesome. It was just like, I think my brain trying to explain why I felt short of breath uh, in the dream, you know? Yeah, um, I hate those. I think my main, my main like, interest right now is I want to try and find a good sneaker. Ooh. You're a real sneakerhead, we know. Yeah, that's true about me. But, like, I have, um, well, I had, before I taught, I worked briefly in a warehouse where it was, like, four days a week, ten-hour shifts, just, like, walking around the warehouse picking things, and it was murder on my feet. Mm-hmm. So I, I f- went online and looked, like, what's the best shoe for being on your feet all day? Um, and... I found the the Skechers Go Walk, and I loved mm-hmm. it. I wore that pair of Skechers Go Walk from, like, November 2017 until, like, a year ago. It's <laughs> um, pretty good. And I just, about a year ago, replaced them with the, like, two models up, the Sketcher Go Walk 6. I think the previous ones were the 4. And they're already starting to fall apart. Uh, the operating system is already obsolete. Exactly. <laughs> they won't update just, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, like, they're, like, physically falling apart. Um, that sucks. So I, I'm like, but I, I don't know. I want to find a comfortable shoe for walking around. Um, yeah. It, the, what's hard is finding a comfortable shoe for walking around that doesn't look like an old person's shoe. Right. Exactly. Yeah. What's wrong with old person's shoes? They're not mm. cool. Yeah, I want yeah, to be cool. Why? No, I want to at Seems least like have so it, much work. <laughs> I want to at least have it be neutral. A lot of yeah. a lot of shoe look nowadays is like the the sole part is all big and chunky and like multicolored and stuff. And, uh, no, I just want yeah, it to that... look neutral. <laughs> I mean, that's, I, I've been wearing Clarks for like five years now, and I just swap them out every time they wear out, and that's exactly why I like them. They are old man shoes, but they're the kind that you don't even notice that yeah. someone's wearing. Unfortunately, I do like Clarks. I, they, they make women's shoes, and they make uh, sandals that always had really thick soles, and I thought that looked so bad, but they've made them look more normal lately, so mm. that's a win for me, I guess. <laughs> oh, shoes. Yeah, yep. but yeah, that's a, I think because summer's coming up and I'm going to do a lot of walking around, uh, walking to the park, walking back from the park. Getting walking, fancy burgers. Exactly. Walking from uh, my bed to the kitchen and back to my bed. I don't With need shoes, shoes on? I don't shoes for that one. <laughs> yeah, I hopped right out of bed into my new pair of whatever, new balances mm. or Nikes or whatever I'm going to be getting. Just like Wallace and Gromit. Just like Wallace and Do you and guys... Do you guys need to always be wearing socks, or is that just me? I always wear socks, yeah. I don't okay, wear good. socks in the summer. Huh, okay. I don't know why, but I feel like even if I'm not wearing any other clothes, I I don't want to be in alive walking around not wearing socks. I, the only time I'm not wearing socks is when I'm sleeping, or in the shower. Oh, I wear socks to bed. I don't like to be barefoot. <laughs> I, I don't like to feel say... the sheets against my feet. Weird. Yeah. They say if you wear socks to sleep, it uh, gives you longer uninterrupted sleep. 
And that sounds huh. bogus, but when I've tried it, it seems like it's worked, so I really can't say. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I just get claustrophobic. I like. I yeah. feel like my toes are bound when I'm sleeping. Oh, yeah, I want that. <laughs> yeah, you want that uh, Temple Grandin like <laughs> pressure to calm you down yeah. as you go to the slaughterhouse. Keep, keep, keep those keep those tootsies nice and uh, nice and squeezed. That was Temple Grandin, right? Yeah, you're right. Okay, good. I realized that could be if if you didn't realize the specific reference I was making, it could sound like a very hateful thing to say. Uh, Matt, uh, yeah. what if you got those socks that have individual toes? Would that make you feel like oh, you had more that... freedom? Yep, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, on the last right. the on the most recent season of Taskmaster, one of the prize tasks was uh, the thing that when you the more you look at it, the more disturbing it gets. <laughs> and uh, Kyle brought in a rubber glove on a foot. Oh no! <laughs> uh, like a, and it was. So so good, and I still think about it all the time. <laughs> oh man, what a great prize! Yes, definitely. Yeah, that is fun. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I don't really have much to say about sneakers. Do we want to introduce our new uh, second half? Yeah. So now that we've done two hundred episodes of talking about um, random WikiHow pages, we thought we would shake things up a little bit because you know. It's fun to to change formats every once in a while. Um, So instead, what we're going to do now, and what we're going to do for a little while at least to try it out, is each of us is going to go to our algorithmically determined news page on whatever news source we use. I'm using Google News. I think Jeff is using Bing. Um, And we're going to find a news article about something that's happening in the world that is specifically related to our interests, and it's not going to be anything important. That's my guarantee to you. It's just going to be stuff that's, like, fun to think about. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and we felt like that dovetailed well with the fact that the first half of our show is just us talking about what's going on in our lives. Uh, So, yeah, let us know what you think about the new format. For this week, uh, my news article that I brought is, the title is, Core MTG Mechanic is Being Renamed After 30 Years. Oh no. Um, Now, how are we handling this? We're doing this live on air. Are you going to share the link and we all go look, or are you going to tell us about this? uh, I think it might make the most sense for me to tell you about it, because... What I don't want to do is, during the show, have us be reading the articles. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. Um, <clears throat> so, the reason I picked this article is because I already kind of know what it's talking about, so I don't need to read it. I just want to talk about the yeah. thing that is happening. That's good. Um, so, there are card types in Magic the Gathering, like Creature, or Sorcery, or Instant. Um and they've been experimenting with adding new ones and taking them away for a while now. And a few years ago, a card type was introduced in a block called Future Sight, where the idea of it was, these are magic cards that were printed 30 years in the future that came back what? in time. <laughs> what on earth? The it's Flash pretty, found them in the time yeah, stream. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good idea in that I like the idea that they were like, trying so hard to call their shot on this is what's going to be popular in the future. Like, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Anyway, um, and they introduced a card type called Tribal, where um, 
like a... See, a, a, all I know about ma- magic cards is, like, blue or red. Mm-hmm. Those are two so, of the five. But these, yep. this is a different type of classification? Yeah, so co- cards have a color, like blue, red, white, yeah. black, or um, green. But then they also have a type, so a creature card is, like, something that stays on the battlefield, and it's like, oh... Uh, orc that fights for you okay. whereas a, a sorcery is something that you cast and then it has a, an effect and then immediately goes off of the battlefield like i'm striking you with a lightning bolt here's my sorcery that i cast mm-hmm. um, so what tribal tribal, tribal was is um there's a lot of things like especially goblins have this where cards have effects on other cards of the same type so you have a creature that is type goblin and you play it, and it, its ability is like, all other goblins you play have plus one strength, or cost one less to cast, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Tribal spells were spells that were like sorceries or instants. They happened one time and then go off the battlefield. But they were able to align with the tribes of creatures. So, for instance, you could have a goblin tribal spell that does you know three damage to something or whatever but because it's a goblin spell it gets all the benefits that goblins would get like it costs one less to cast Hmm. the reason that they're changing this is because the word tribal is not a great word (laughs) for us to be using yeah (laughs) yes so they're changing it to typal instead of tribal which is a bad name we could all agree is that just a fantasy word for tribal? Like, what do they mean by that? Like, type? Okay. Like, the word type? Yeah. But typal. But a fantasy word. Okay. All right. It's not a fantasy word. They're just no. saying, <laughs> instead of related to tribes, it's related to tr- types. It's typal. Uh, Tip- typical. Isn't that the word? N- of no. Of a type? I don't, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Anyway. Maybe. It's a dumb it's a dumb made up word, but yeah. I think we can all agree it's less problematic than tribal. Yes, true. It all it um, it, fe- it, mm, it feels like a psyop to make people uh mad that they changed it because they changed it to something well, really stupid. Interestingly, Magic has been doing a lot of this kind of stuff lately that I think is specifically to piss off and drive away toxic elements of their community. Good. And I love that. For instance, um, just this past week, they released their most recent Universes Beyond set, which is when they have non-Magic IPs represented in Magic cards. They did, like, Transformers, they've done The Walking Dead, etc. And this one was their most anticipated one ever, which was Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I wanted to talk about this a little bit. And, um... They made their art department made the decision, endorsed entirely by the Tolkien estate, to make it that just all of the humans in the Lord of the Rings world are black. Okay, oh, that's fine. So you've got dwarves and elves are still, you know, fair skinned or whatever, but all of the humans are black, and it kicks ass. And the fact that so many people were so butthurt about it is even better. <laughs> like, ooh, Aragorn shouldn't be black. Why not? He's It's great. He looks so fucking badass in those cards, you guys. Yeah, giving, I think, more cultural specificity to Middle-earth mm-hmm. is, uh, I think, can only improve it instead of, like, all of the wildly different cultures all just basically being England. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Like, oh, yeah, the the dwarves and hobbits are so different. Yeah, they're both short white people with beards, but listen. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, that. that's, I think, a, a good idea. Or are they still just English, but now they're the humans are, like, Aragorn's black, but he still has the same, like, medieval English armor? Or it, is um, it, does it have more of a, like, like African or Caribbean vibe to it or something? No, it's still very much uh, armor in the style of, like, a, um, what is that painter who did the, like, Lady of Shalott painting? You know what I'm talking about? Waterhouse? No. Is, is that the one with all the flowers and, like, gilding on everything and all that stuff? Oh, I'm gonna lose my mind. Do you know what I'm talking about, though? I do know what you're talking about. Waterhouse. Yes, thank God. Waterhouse. God, thank God. I'm a genius. That's a Um, a nice painting. His his armor is all in that style, uh, and, you know, fair enough. I I think that that sort of fits with the world that they're in. They do have a character in the magic universe called Teferi, who is um, a, uh, a person from a world that is sort of uh afro fantasy style like afro futurism but ah, okay. well but ma- but fantasy rather than science if okay. that makes sense i don't know if there's a word for it but um anyway the, the the that character does have very cool stuff that is more inspired by african uh, you know, armor and weaponry and stuff like that. So they've been exploring that more. I think that that's great. I think more nerd properties need to be willing to stand up to their audience and say, this is not a safe space for you to be shitty. Yeah. Yeah, if only. I, one yeah. of the, the only thing I know about this Lord of the Rings set is there is a variant of the One Ring card that they printed yes. only one of. <laughs> Correct. There's a one of one Lord of the Ring, uh, the One Ring card, and people have offered, I think, up to a million dollars. Crazy. Like, if you open this card, you, you could sell it to Post Malone for a million dollars. The famous people have put bounties on it. The booster boxes for this set are going for like double and triple what a booster box usually sells for. Um, what's what's fucking great about it though is that this i mean the the card the one ring exists outside of this special serialized printing but they printed this special one of one and all of the writing on it is in elvish which means there is a non-zero chance that some kid somewhere his grandma was like, I heard you liked Lord of the Rings, so I got you this pack at the store. And he opens it, and there's this million-dollar card. He doesn't know what the fuck it is, because it doesn't have any English writing on it. Shuffles it into his magic card deck, plays with it for ten years before he realizes it, and completely destroys it. That would be <laughs> That's what you fucking awesome. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how you know he's so pure of heart. He's not tempted by that one ring. Oh, he just yeah. uses it and lives exactly. with it in his regular life. Exactly. And <laughs> yeah. that little boy, Frodo Baggins. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anyway, it's all very good. Uh, magic cards are in a very bad place in terms of the gameplay. In they terms just of didn't... them sending the Pinkertons to people's houses. Yeah, the Pinkertons <laughs> thing was not great. Um, the fact that they just changed the way rotation works is also not good. I thought uh, that just that you meant you had to go to a game store to buy them. Hey, I mean, that sucks place. too. <laughs> um, 
there's a lot of bad stuff about it, but the but culturally I feel like they're uh falling on the right side of history here, and that I am very on board with. Nice. Uh, all right, so what news story do you have for us, Jeff? Uh, so I got my top thing from Bing News. It's a MSN story titled 10 Video Game Characters Ranked by the Random Things They Shout. Awesome. So oh. in the like intro text for this article, it has the line, When Waluigi said, Wahahaha, we all felt that. Waluigi does not make the list. Oh my god, how dare they? Top of the Yikes. top of the list here is Link though, which good choice. He is all is all good... effort noises. It is a good choice. Well, okay. Here's what I'm want to know. Is is this specifically like effort noises like you say or can it be other noise related catchphrases? Specifically, I'm thinking about the fact that every time anyone says haha near me, now all I can think is yahaha. From Not, those fucking Korok, I don't think Koroks. I don't think Link would get credit for other yeah. nonverbal utterances in Zelda games. No, I'm saying it's our Koroks on this list. Oh no, they should be. They are not. Uh, oh, they're so great, though. Real quick, the list yeah. consists of Link, Liu Kang, Slippy the Toad. Wait, 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 yeah. wait, 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 wait. Yeah, slow we down. Have to, we have to be able to, oh, have I was to just... figure out what the noises they make. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, Link, I noticed last night. It's a little bit upsetting that when he's climbing a hill, if he has to climb. Yeah, if he has to climb and uh, he's like slightly stressed by it, he just goes. Huh. But then if he has to climb a little more, he goes. Huh. <laughs> and it suddenly struck me after all these years, and that's kind of weird. Yeah. Is huh, is uh, sound? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean this. This link in these most recent two is definitely my favorite way Link has sounded since Adult Link in Ocarina of Time. Yeah, yeah I really do get burnt out on listening to when when it's a little kid Link in a game, hearing them do the effort noises of swinging swords where they're like, like, that is not a fun sound to listen to. Yeah. But hearing a man be like, I mean, you could listen to that all day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeff, does it tell you the line? Like, for Link, does it give you a specific line that they are thinking of that is iconic? Uh, no, and not a line. Uh, it mentions, let's see, uh, it's literally one, two, three, four, five, six sentences. From Link? For, for the description of Link oh. on the list. Uh, he had to be on the list, he's been around for decades, and he's never said a word to anyone. All he does is run around screaming his head off at every opportunity he gets. I mean, he says okay. things to people, We he just, it's just not voice. Yeah, exactly. The hero, really has like had, the... Hmm? the hero has had plenty of unique grunts and shouts over the years, but it's always funniest to imagine... I'll say, hey! <laughs> ...that to be Link's only form of communication. Uh, he I'm... just communicates as loudly and as simply, like, he... I like yeah. that interpretation, that he just chooses to only grunt and yell. It's not that he can't or doesn't want to. I like that in uh, Tears of the Kingdom, there's a mission to help rescue some musicians. And when you do, when you get the whole band together, they say, you should join us. You have such a beautiful singing voice. <laughs> Which lets you know that at some point Link was singing with them. And that's, I love that. I also like that in Breath of the Wild, it was a very big plot point that Zelda was like, Link, you never talk. <laughs> like, 
You're making me crazy. <laughs> Such a good game. Yeah, perfect, perfect games. Uh, Luke Kang, I don't really know what kind of noises he makes. Um, Luke Kang must have a signature line, right? Is Luke Kang the emperor from Mortal Kombat? No, Luke what? Kang is the guy with the like rice paddy hat. Is he the? But don't they all say something like "Get over here"? Like, don't they all have a line in those games? Not all of them. I remember <sighs> that the one guy who's based on Bruce Lee has some pretty racist sounds he makes when he does some fighting. Is that Liu Kang? Is that Liu Kang? Yeah, that's Liu Kang. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Uh, well, let's see. Who voices him? Ooh, these names look white. <laughs> uh, no, he's. it seems that he has, uh, in the recent games, been voiced by Asian actors. But in the 90s ones, he was voiced by, like, the two white guys that invented Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Was he the... Yeah. No. I was trying to remember who he was in the movie. He was an older actor. I don't know. He was not Hiroyuki Sonata. Hmm. In the 95 movie? Know. No. Am I getting it confused with uh, a different movie from that was made just a couple years ago? Oh, the more recent movie. Yeah, who played yeah. Kang in that one? No, it was a young guy. It was uh, Ludi Lin. Was that? I know the main character of that was a Canadian actor I'd never heard of before. Yeah, You're not talking about that guy, right? Because no, he that, wasn't one of the named... Okay. Yeah, he was just a, like, created for the yeah. movie Mortal Kombat. Um, yeah. Although, is... I always mix up... There's Liu Kang and then Liu Kang's friend. And they're, like, the main characters. His friend, Scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, he's, like, friends with one of the other ones. And they're, like... The two main good guys in Mortal Kombat. And I can't remember the other one's name. God damn. Johnny Cage. Kung Lao. Oh, yes. Uh, okay. Sorry. Kung, Kung Lao uh, wears a uh, sort of like a bowler with a razor sharp edge. Mm. Uh, oh, he's a peaky blinder. Yeah, he's a peaky blinder. It's not a boulder, bowler at all, is it? It's like a it's like a no. wide brimmed straw hat, isn't it? Uh, no, the uh, his hat it is like a bowl shaped hat with a flat wide brim, uh, black. Yeah. Um, so not a bowler at all. Like one of those uh, hats the bad guys always wear in a western movie. I mean the the. Inspiration behind the character was Odd Job from uh, Goldfinger, and he has okay. a little bowler that he throws around. That's true, but this character is his hat is much more like a like um like a mariachi. Like if there oh, were lots yeah. of little uh-huh. little tassels hanging off the edge of it, it would be like a mariachi hat. Instead, there's a razor blade around the edge. Uh, Liu Kang yeah. actually, I'm looking, does not typically wear the rice paddy hat, but in some of his costumes, he has it on his head or uh, on his back. So, Interesting. I think I was conflating him with Kung Lao, who wears this razor hat, and then mixing them both up with, with Raiden. Raiden, the, yeah. <laughs> Raiden, who does always have that hat on. Uh, yeah, the, the Liu Kang that I think of is the one wearing the like headband, yeah, right? Yeah, he has like, a red headband. He's the red headband hero of the fighting game series. Yeah. Every We're fighting getting... game series has to have a red headband guy. We're getting really bogged down in this one list item, but he doesn't have a distinctive line. That's so strange to me. I would have said for sure that they all do. 
I think he just the does like is, some Bruce Lee noises while he's fighting. He did have an extremely recognizable sound he made when he did his signature move, the bicycle kick. Yeah. But it was so racist. Okay, yeah. fair. Is that what they're thinking of? Because that's so racist. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's second place to Link, I guess. Yeah, great. <laughs> Slippy, I think that's pretty good. Oh, do a barrel roll. We all know. Oh, yeah. That's the rabbit. Slippy's Fuck! the anxious gay toad. Well, what does he say? Like, no! He's the one that's always crashing. He's like, oh no, help me, Fox! Yeah, he screams. He's the most Listen, annoying one. I will fucking revolt if this list is ten effort noises. Somebody has to have a signature line that we know. No, Louisa. No, ranked by that's random things they shout, not by yeah, one liners. That's the premise of the list. <laughs> well, do a barrel is a random thing. I know it's not him. Fine, no, but these are it's random. Not things. random. It's not random. It's he wants you to thing. do a barrel roll at a specific time. Well, he wants you to do an Aralon roll, but oh, let's not do that. <laughs> okay. Um, the next one, they these guys do mostly just speak. Uh, the psychos from Borderlands. But Borderlands is so not... It's fun to play, and aesthetically, just so cringy, edgelord, random, bacon, like, mid-2000s stupid nonsense. Wasn't it one of the ones that helped um, pioneer cel-shading art style, or am I thinking of a different thing? Uh, It did use that, but I wouldn't say it pioneered it. Okay. Um, It's later than that. It came out in, like, 2009. Okay. Um, but the psychos are basically the war boys from uh, Mad Max Fury Road, but less interesting. And a yeah, couple they years just earlier, scream. Yeah, bring me a bucket, and I'll show you a bucket. Is one of the lines listed? Or hmm. this one I do actually like. You can't kill me. I'm already dead tomorrow. Yeah, well, it's yeah. it's stupid, but like that's a pre that's a good like weird zealot kind of thing to yell. Kirby is up here. That's good. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, hey! Fun. He's I like one. when he goes, as he's sucking in air. Yeah, yeah. Kirby <laughs> is just a series of good sound effects. Yeah. Um, did you know that uh, Smash Bros. and Kirby creator Masahiro Sakurai does the voice of King DDD in all of the video games? <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard him. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, I was trying to figure out what sound he would make. I want it to be quacking, but I don't think it is. No, he makes just kind of like, uh, like, like deep, mm. deep kind of, mm. deep kind of like blue tough guy noises. <laughs> okay, but imagine that same register, but quacks instead. <laughs> oh yeah, get Tony and Selma awesome. up in here. Give us some yeah. duck energy. Uh, yeah, Lanky Kong is on here. <laughs> uh, See the surfing one? No, that's Funky Kong. Which one's Lanky, Lanky Kong? Lanky Kong is from N- the N sixty four one. He's the orangutan. Um, mm. He, he wears, must be tall. He wears overalls. Um, okay. The author of this article says that he has pure Giga Chad energy. Oh no! Hmm. Um, overalls kind of messy. He's a real Pete Davidson. Yeah. <laughs> oh, weirdly, Raiden from Mortal Kombat also makes the list. Why do two uh, Mortal Kombat guys make the list? That's not fair. They really why does Lanky Kong have corner? a cl- why does Lanky Kong have a clown nose? Uh, for fun. That's weird. Uh, 
Raiders. He's the, peacocking. Yeah. Yeah. The, the entire N64 lineup of Kongs was strange to me. Because, like, why, why were any of them there? There was already a little one... There, like, there was already a little girl one and a, a big tough one. Like, why did you need to make a new little girl one and big tough one? Why is it Chunky Kong See, and not Funky Kong? See, you're saying this, but Funky Kong was created by this, so th- judging from the output, it was the right move, because we got Funky Kong out of no, it. No, Chunky Kong is the one that was created from this. Funky, Funky Kong, Kong... Funky Kong was earlier. What was he... Wasn't he from Donkey Kong Country? Yes, but this is Donkey Kong 64, specifically. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, I yeah. see. Okay. They, they, like, ditched Funky Kong and Dixie and created Chunky Kong and Trixie for seemingly no reason. Man, I was gonna say that horrible fruit rap, but I think that was Donkey Kong Country too. Uh, the DK rap is Donkey Kong sixty four. Oh, okay, that's terrible. Uh, but it's not got about that. fruit, though. Eh, they list a lot of fruit for that's everything. true. Because some of them, yeah, Donkey Kong does shoot a coconut gun. When you say horrible fruit rap, I'm assuming you mean fruit roll ups. <laughs> the way they are now, blue and weirdly plasticky. Yeah. They were always pretty weirdly plasticky, to be fair. Real 80s kids will remember when they actually were just smashed up fruit, and that was it, because they were trying to appeal to health concerns. Fruit leather, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dragon, the Dragonborn from Skyrim, that belongs on the list, absolutely. Oh yeah, the when he when he does his shouts. Hey, Louisa, have you tried Skyrim yet? No. Okay, cool. Cool, glad we checked in. Uh, but <laughs> yep. Yeah, Fusro Da, all that. Uh... Still iconic moment in the trailer when the theme song kicks in in time with the character yelling Fusro Da, which is yeah. not even the best. Like, it's just the dragon shout that blows people away with wind. I hadn't thought about it until it came up, but if if the Dragonborn hadn't made this list when his or her main power is dragon shouts in the list of things that, random shouts that characters from video games do, it would have been a crime. And then, uh, I'm going to ignore the final entry on the list because it's just another Borderlands guy, but the penultimate entry, and finally, uh, is Wario. Mm, Because he's always, he's always shouting things like, wahaha, yeah! I'm gonna win! Yahoo! I'm gonna win was Waluigi, right? Uh, I think Wario did that in pre Waluigi. Mario Kart 64, I think. I associate with him. I'm gonna win. Uh, Yeah, that's good. He always says. Yeah, he's like, ah ha ha, I enjoy to eat garlic, he's always saying. (laughs) I like how Waluigi. No, I like how Wario is, like, also. Like, he is. Not any more Italian than Mario is, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, he's less Italian, if anything. Yeah, yeah there's all those uh, uh, theories about him being Polish or another Eastern European type his, of guy. Yeah. In his original concept, he was German, uh, uh-huh. which is why is that the opposite of Italian? Yes, it's the evil version <laughs> of Italian. Uh, yeah. In in the first Mario Party, uh, it sounds like he's saying. Uh, Oh, I missed when he loses, but he says, oh, I missed, uh, which is like a sort of soft dang it. Hmm. Um, but. So you're saying he's Amish? You lost me a little bit. <laughs> no, he, um, he, like, had a German line in Mario Party, hmm. um, before he was eventually 
they just made him Charles Martinet. Is Wario the tingle of the Mario universe? No. No, hold on. Uh-huh. Listen to me before you decide. Okay. Tingle is a grown man who became so obsessed with something that he started dressing up like it and became like a grotesque parody of that thing. Mm-hmm. And Wario is the same, but for Mario instead of for fairies. Yeah, I was going to say one is more threatening. I was about to say that, but then I thought about it, and I think they're equally threatening. It's like Mr. Mixius Pitlick and Batmite. They are both villains, even though one of them is, like, a a positive, like, he likes Batman so much that he ruins his life, and the other one hates Superman so much that he ruins his life, but they're both still villains, you know what I'm saying? I think that I... This is challenging because uh, Tingle is like made to be hated, right? But Wario's so lovable. People love that shitty weirdo. Yeah, but like part of why they love the character is because he's a hateable creep. (laughs) Like like Waluigi. Waluigi is the Tingle of the Mario universe. No, I unironically like Waluigi. Yeah. I... I like how strange it is that there is a man named Waluigi around. And and that he doesn't show up until like 10 years after Wario first shows up. He's like, by the way, there's a Luigi of me also. (laughs) Like, what? Okay. But he's just a slender man in defiance of all uh, human body shapes we've seen so far from the Mario crew. He's just like seven and a half feet tall and 50 pounds. I like the interpretation that Wario is just was just a normal man who saw Mario one day and was like, I bet I could do that, and then started, like, pretending he was a, a Mario, and then he, like, at some point he was like, uh, I need, if I'm gonna be a real Mario, I need a Luigi, so he just, like, put an ad in the paper for a weirdo guy to dress up as Luigi, his Luigi. I'm going to say he got him off of Craigslist. I'm going to say he didn't even go as far as a newspaper ad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I I basically fully accept that Waluigi is just a hired performer. I prefer the idea that Wario, it's just a coincidence that he's called that and looks like that, and he gets mad that Mario became famous, and everyone yeah. keeps being like, hey, you look like Mario, that famous guy. Oh, I do like Wouldn't that. it be great if they made it canonical in a game that Wario came first? <laughs> he does look older. Yeah. He does. <laughs> Oh, that would be amazing. If if they did, like, oh my god, if they could do, like, a prequel WarioWare, where you had to play the original Mario Brothers arcade game, but with Wario in it. That's <laughs> oh, good stuff. This would be so good. I, um, I like to think about Wario, but I can't think about Wario having lore or plot. Mario, the entire thing about Mario is it's just pure aesthetics. If yeah. you try to add any kind of narrative, it falls apart instantly. Yeah, that's true. But that's what makes it fun to think about, though, because if it does fall apart, then you also have to think about what that means for the, the actors that are playing <laughs> the roles of the characters. Yeah, that's it. They're more like the the Looney Tunes or the Muppets, the Mario characters mm-hmm. to me, that like all the games we see are just like, that's the performances they put on for us. 
This new Princess Peach game they're coming out with seems to push that envelope even further, huh? Yeah. I can't believe they announced it with so little information. I know. <laughs> like, just a, not even a trailer. Just, yeah. like, two very brief, out-of-context gameplay clips with no title or genre. <laughs> So yeah. I've seen I've seen more from Haunted Chocolatier than I've seen about this new Peach game. Yeah. Yes, like I, I we've seen more of Silk Song. I at least know what <laughs> genre Silk Song will be. I know yeah. how it will play and what the buttons will do when I push them. Yep. Ah, oh, boy. But anyway, that's my list. Did we go through Louisa's news story? Not yet. It's time to. Mine's short, luckily. Uh, so the top thing for my Google for you was from DisneyDining.com. Spotted! The stars of Disney's new Haunted Mansion take a trip Ooh. to a Disney park. And I think Very I got nice. this because I just watched the trailer. Have you guys seen the trailer for the new Haunted Mansion movie? Yeah. I have, but I don't remember a lot of it, but I am hyped for it. It looks adequate. It does look adequate. I'm a little concerned because in the trailer they didn't show a lot of the classic stuff I wanted. Like, I want to see a bunch of stuff from the ride. They didn't they can't quite give do that, that away for free, though, Louisa. Weirdos like you need to be lured into the theater somehow. <laughs> I guess that's true. And uh, with Pirates of the Caribbean, they introduced characters to try to give the story a plot, and I think that worked. So I think they would have to do the same thing here, but I'm not sure because we've got Lakeith Stanfield as maybe a investigator? Hard to say. He's going into this mansion to find stuff out. Mm-hmm. So is Owen Wilson, who is apparently a priest, but maybe a cool priest because he's got a fedora. Mm-hmm. And Rosario Dawson is involved somehow. She's warning them not to go in, but then she's also in there. So mm-hmm. I don't know what they're getting up to. Which of them will turn out to be a ghost? Yeah. Rosario Dawson will be the bride. That is my prediction. Mm-hmm. We do get to see like the it. bride. Yep. I wouldn't mind that. I know uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be Madame Leota, the medium. That's a good character. She's not in the trailer that I saw, or maybe she is. There's a bunch of flashing clips. Did you see the Eddie Murphy one? No. I heard it was bad. I did. Okay. It was bad, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It was like, it was like, uh, Disney Channel made for TV movie version, like that level of quality. Uh-huh. So not good, but not the worst thing. Yeah, okay. It's interesting that they're trying again. Yeah. yeah. They just did the Muppet Haunted Mansion like a year or two ago, right? Yeah, it feels too, too like recent. Like I thought that was it. Like that was their attempt to franchise the uh, the Haunted Mansion, not that they then, like, yeah. do a movie. Like, maybe you'll get, like, a cartoon series or something. The thing that's wild is that they haven't already succeeded, because the Haunted Mansion is, A, the best Disney ride, mm-hmm. everyone agrees, and B, the one that has the most plot hooks already built into it. The reason why all those classic Disney rides are good, though, is because they're not adaptations of movies. So they can yes. be a bunch yeah. of disconnected, fun plot hooks that you just, like, ride a roller coaster cart through. They kind of did have, have plots, though. Like, the Pirates of the Caribbean, it is, you're seeing uh, this ghost, uh, even before the movie, you're seeing this ghost ship 
of pirates who've stolen treasure, and then you see other pirates who are alive uh, plundering uh, Puerto Dorado. So you can kind of see how they could stitch those together. It doesn't really seem like they're stitching anything together for this movie. I'm not sure, though. That's the thing. I think if somebody took the effort to try to make it a cohe- I mean, the is it the French, the Euro Disney one that has like an actual plot line? Oh yeah, with the daughter of the uh, oil yeah, baron he, or whatever. Yeah, he like killed all of her, her suitors, <laughs> and then their ghosts haunt his house or whatever. Yeah, like that. That's a pretty good plot for a movie. You could just do that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's kind of a story about Constance Hatchaway in the American Haunted Mansion. Mm. She's the bride. She uh, just loves murder, I guess, because she marries men and then kills them. But she doesn't really yeah, seem to have see, a motive. That's, that's not a plot. That's yeah. a character. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and I guess the idea of the Haunted Mansion ride is that just ghosts wanted to go there. And that seems to be what the movie, this new movie, is going to do, because it seems like ghosts just want to be in this one spot. Ghosts just yeah, want to have party. fun. Sorry, ghouls it's... just want to have fun. Damn it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, apparently, this, this article is literally nothing. It's just, look, fans got photos of, you know, Owen Wilson and Jamie Lee Curtis showing up in a Disney park. That's it. That's fun. Boring. Yeah. Man, I was thinking about this. I I don't know why, but we watched the Pirates of the Caribbean like a week ago or whatever. Uh, I, just to have something on in the background. I don't need to justify my choices to you anyway. Um, but I was thinking about the guy who plays. You know the the scene where there's the three guys in the jail cell next to Johnny Depp, and they're using the bone to try to lure the dog over yeah. to give him the keys, and that's like verbatim a scene in the ride. Mm-hmm. Yep. That the guy who plays the guy who's holding the bone must be insufferable when you go on that ride. <laughs> like every time he would be telling everyone on the boat, I did that. I was that guy. <laughs> oh, what a great claim to fame that would be, though, man. Yeah. I mean, I could just start doing that and yeah. I bet no one would be able to tell. Yeah. Tell that story at cocktail parties forever. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. I do like in the uh, movie trailer, at one point you see Rosario Dawson frantically ringing a bell for some reason, and that's a big mm. part of the Haunted Mansion ride, and I love that. Yeah, I hope they give Madame Leota a lot of the lines that she has in her crystal ball, because it that's so cool. Yeah, I'm glad that it's Jamie Lee Curtis, because if, if it's the right kind of movie, if it's going to be a good movie, they can give her a lot of scenery to chew with that role. Yes. The way that this could work is if they let her be, like, very zany and wacky, and then they have the ma- the, the leads be grounded so that the people around them can be the, the wacky stuff. Mm-hmm. The reason that the Eddie Murphy one is not very good is because Eddie Murphy keeps trying to be funny in it, and he's the straight man in yeah. the, the movie. He can't be the jokester. Yeah. I haven't even mentioned that um, Danny DeVito is in this movie, and I have no idea what he is doing. He's not a particularly oh, he's gonna be great. creepy guy. Every- he's a regular guy somehow. Everything Danny DeVito does is incredible. <laughs> He'll be a ghost. He'll turn out to be a ghost for sure. There's if a- he's not the, the haunted MC, yeah. then what are we even doing? Well, that's what I'm wondering, because you do see a scene in which Lakeith Stanfield and Danny DeVito are at a police station, and they are 
giving a sketch artist descriptions of a guy who mugged them, and oh, of course yeah. it's very funny because they're describing a skeleton ghost man, and yeah, that's what the guy draws a picture of. But Danny DeVito trying to be a regular guy who's trying to convince people that these ghosts are real? That's so strange. That's such a strange angle. I am curious. Yeah. Oh, I forgot Danny DeVito was in that scene. Oh, this is going to be a great movie. I'm really excited to see it. <laughs> There's some pretty yeah. good movies out coming out, you guys. The Barbie movie looks good. Yeah, I'm absolutely going to see that. Yeah. Yeah. What else did I see? I mean, we talked about Blue Beetle already. There was another trailer I saw recently that I was like, oh, that's actually going to be good. I already got my ticket to go see uh, Oppenheimer in 70 millimeter oh, yeah. on like an 80 foot screen. Mm. I'm I'm interested. I don't know anything about it. I do. I've read a biography of the man Oppenheimer, and I don't think this is going to be yeah. that. Yeah, that's what I, I hear. I mean, it's you know, it's going to be another movie by a uh, director who gets called an auteur about mm-hmm. a man who uh, who's who loses himself in pursuit of the singular vision of creating his uh, one cool thing. <laughs> As a metaphor for, but it's also making. gonna be, it's also gonna be weirdly unfollowable and like reality bending, right? Because Christopher Nolan. No, all of his movies are really straightforward. Even the one that's about dreams is just like, yeah, I don't know. My dream is what if a city turned upside down? Jeff, Jeff, listen to what you're saying. Christopher Nolan's movies are all straightforward. Yes, they're they're famously convoluted. I guess I didn't see Tenet. That's the one that people are uh, people were like, I don't know what's happening with this. What movie. about fucking Memento? I mean, he does get tattoos telling him exactly what to do, so it's straightforward in that way. Uh, yes, sure, but my point is that I think if you ask people who is the director working now who makes the most hard to follow plot movies they would mostly people would say um christopher nolan Mm. i don't know i I, he made three batman movies and kind of like everything the plot of the third batman movie is also very hard to follow to be fair that's just because it's bad it's not out of order yeah (laughs) that's what i'm saying they're not good um yeah it's all it's all very strange but uh I don't know. I uh, I'm looking forward to to that one because I like a big spectacle. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I want to know if it's good because I would like to see it because I am interested in Oppenheimer as a human who lived. But like, if it's gonna be like, and then the atomic bomb created a time loop where he is his own father or whatever, I'm not interested. No, in that. I don't, I don't think don't it's think. gonna be a science fiction movie at all. Okay, good. Um, because the the poster has like weird fractal tesseract images and stuff that that is not interesting to me i think that the theming of the movie is going to play with the idea that like without really thinking about how it would change the world they pursued this thing and then it changed the world permanently forever Mm -hmm. um so i think that they'll play with that but like on the human level of like what's the consequence of uh, a man having done that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Eh. I mean, listen, it's not going to be for everybody to watch a movie about a man who has uh, a distant father tried to uh, pursue some project with government funding uh, and becoming a neglectful husband over it or whatever. Like, that's a whole genre of movie, but uh, Chris Nolan, pretty good at it. 
Yeah, I mean, the obsessive physicist is like a cool character to explore, but yeah, I don't know. I I I struggle to see how it can sustain a whole movie. <laughs> I will um I will end up seeing Barbie first. They come out on the same day uh, as people yeah. have been making jokes about because every screening of Oppenheimer in IMAX was filled <laughs> for the first week. What? Yeah. Like I could get That's wild. I could get really bad seats. Yeah. Like, sit way up front for this eighty foot high movie. Um, but like the first one where I could get like a seat that wasn't either way too close or like way over to one side or the other was the Thursday after it comes out. Why are people so horny for this Oppenheimer movie? I think it's probably because the the theater I prefer to go to has one of the like dozen full-size IMAX screens and it's showing on 70 millimeter in IMAX so it'll be like hmm. kind of a rare chance to get to go see this uh this type of movie screened on uh screenless big yeah I guess so that's probably it if I lived out in the burbs I could probably go see it whenever I wanted yeah I'm sure but anyway <laughs> I want to go back to Disney World and ride the Haunted Mansion again. It's been too long. It has been too long. Mm. Does does every does every uh, different version of a Disney park with a Haunted Mansion have a slightly different story to it? Yes. Yes. And I've watched the videos of all of yes. them, and it's incredible. Oh, I, I love those stories. Do it. Like the one in China, they think it's disrespectful to have a house full of ghosts, so they are a house full of enchanted objects. Yes, it's so cool. There's a there's a uh, mischievous monkey that lets them all loose. Oh, it's great. (laughs) There's a hurricane where the the house falls down around you while you're in it. Oh, it's so cool. Oh man, yeah the one the one in France is set in the American West pioneer days, oil barons and stuff, which is a bit strange. But the ones in America in California and Florida are set around New Orleans. It's very complicated. I like that the one in France is the one that's narrated by Vincent Price instead of by a voice actor doing an impression of Vincent Price. <laughs> hey, Thurl Ravenscroft is a treasure. Yeah, that's true. I agree. <laughs> um, um, I Now I'm in the point, though, where I'm like, I want to go back to Disney World, I want to ride all these rides, but do I want to just wait the year or two to have the Tiana ride that's replacing Splash Mountain be open? Because oh, yeah. I really want to go on that. Oh, right. Yeah. Wait, it's tough because they're always renovating something. Yeah. That's true. But I'm especially excited because I think Princess and the Frog is one of the most underrated Disney movies of all time. It's a pretty good one. Yeah. And the fact that they are replacing that racist garbage with something that I actually care about makes me even more excited. Yeah, it's... uh. It's really weird, I guess, because, like, the Splash Mountain stuff doesn't have the main uh, racist part in it, is how it, like, stuck around yeah. for so long. It's but, just the yeah, cartoon but, part with Yeah, Brown it's Abbott. really weird yeah. that it still stuck around for so long. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's a great it still ride, has an off- is the it problem. Still has, yeah, the ride is great. It still has an awful lot of people speaking in voices that don't make me super comfortable yeah yeah well that's 
it's a relic. Cartoons are uh, not yeah. not great about that. But imagine replacing that with the story of black empowerment in New Orleans that is Tiana. Fantastic. As long as it's still a log flume. It is. They aren't <laughs> changing any of the like track of the ride. They're just changing all of the scenes. Which I'm curious about because there's no high drama plunges in the movie The Princess well, and the Frog. Let me tell you all about it, because I've been keeping up on the story very closely. Okay. The ride takes place after the movie. Oh! Yeah, and it's, uh, Tiana is revisiting her friends in the swamp to find a mysterious- She has created her successful, uh, gumbo restaurant and started a food co-op for the workers of, uh, New Orleans so that they don't have to pay to eat. Um, and she is trying, for the grand opening, she's looking for a special ingredient that she heard about from Mama Odie. Okay. That she, she wants to get to make the gumbo especially good on their opening night. So she's trekking through the swamp with her old friends. So it's a whole new story that is just, like, a sequel story to the movie. That's fun. Is that Jazz Crocodile gonna be in there? I'm certain he must. Gator? They've already got yeah, all Gator? of the voice actors from the, the movie signed on to do... Uh, recordings for the ride. Sweet. Yeah. Is he a gator or a crocodile? Gator. There aren't any crocodiles in the U.S. Yes. Okay. I wasn't sure. I know that they're all Unless crocodilians. You count the Cayman Islands. Am I right, you guys? The Cayman Islands. Oh God. You are guys, right. You are right. The Cayman uh, Islands. Wait. Now the way you're saying it, I don't know if you're right anymore. <laughs> These are my I- iconic video game noises. Just going. Ugh. <laughs> Just you're swinging a sword very slowly. It's me. I'm so tired. You say as you cast your spells. Oh my god, I want to play this game. <laughs> anyway, that's all right. That's well, episode. thanks everyone yeah. for listening to our show. Uh, we hope you liked our new format. Maybe we could keep it a little tighter next time. I'm now looking at it. Yeah, yeah, really. Insanely long. But I think we could ease into it, get it better. Mm -hmm. Um, If you like the show, especially if you liked our new format, please let us know because we are always trying to find ways to make the show more like the thing you want. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you liked it, please get in touch with us. You can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod or you can talk to us in our Discord. You just have to send us a message and we can get you an invite. Uh, you can find me to message me on Mastodon at Matt Heron at Mastodon.online. I'm uh, in other podcasts. WeaponizedLanguage.com has all of them. And you can talk to me online at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. Please come back next week. But in the meantime, do not forget to keep your pockets on Shrek. Bye, 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 bye. I like it. I'm the best around. Has our show become completely impenetrable to new audiences?
Probably. 